Talk 1110-993-WBT. Hour number three of the Pete Callender Show underway right now happening. You're listening to it. Thank you very much. 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, at the end of the last hour, we got a call from a fellow named Spencer uh, who talked about a documentary called Unacknowledged uh, where uh, it's talking about free energy or energy that was available. This was the Tesla Think not Tesla, Elon Musk's Tesla, but Tesla, Nikola, Nikola Tesla, the inventor guy that worked in Edison's lab and then had a falling out over, you know, DC versus AC or AC versus DC. And Tesla won, by the way, that argument, as I recall, after Edison like fried somebody on death row with the technology. And anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, there are documentaries about it. You could see it. But Tesla apparently had some idea that there was all this energy around and you could just kind of harness it and you would create all of these, like, uh, power stations all over the place. They were like, if I remember correctly, it looked like a like a globe and almost like that thing, you know, when you touch it, it's like one of those old globes that when you put your hand on it and, like, the electrical charge, like, follows your fingertips around, something like that. Again, I'm basing all of this on a video game called Assassin's Creed. Um, but uh, the <laughs> that's where I get all my scientific knowledge uh, and historical data. So uh, <laughs> I just remember there being a storyline about it, and, that's, uh, and I remember there being a picture about it in there. It doesn't matter. The point is that was Spencer's call saying that there was all of this technology that does exist, but you know the people in power don't want you to have it, and so they suppress it. Which, look, I understand um, I understand the desire to believe that all of these forces have all this control. And I do not deny there are forces that have control. For example, car companies bought up the trolley companies and then shut them all down, right? That happened. Uh, so I don't deny the World Economic Forum, right? I don't deny that these things exist and people uh, say these things and have plans and that sort of stuff. But I, I do require some bit of evidence, and so I start trying to think through different angles, and I have questions. And so the big one is, okay, is Tesla the only one that's ever been able to figure this out? Or can anybody else figure it out? Has anybody else figured it out? And, and maybe nobody has. Maybe he was the only one, and then somebody bought it, and then uh, they bought the, the patent to it, and then they won't let anybody do it. But it seems to me like somebody else along the line maybe could have figured it out. But maybe they didn't. I don't know. These are the questions I have. I'm just asking questions. This is a different Spencer. I have another Spencer. Hang on. So two sets plural. Spencers. I feel like a mall yeah, in the 1990s. Here we. Uh, all righty. So is Spencer still Spencer? Welcome to the show. How are you? Spencer B. Spencer B. Uh, so do, yeah. first off, any relation to the store in the mall? No. Okay. Negative. All right. Never even set foot in. Never. Okay. I was going to ask. That was my next question. Is are, are there any even in existence anymore? I don't yeah. know. Okay. Okay. So, man, and you uh -oh. just like I did. So, first of all, the, guy, the last guy he mentioned that guy Stephen Greer, and I felt like he did not do your audience a service, and he he did his best to dance around the point as he could. But the guy's a UFO nut job. I mean, for lack of a better term, he's actually from Charlotte. Oh, really? Wait, are you saying... He may be listening right now. Oh, my goodness. So are you saying he's from a UFO? Because that would be awesome. No, he, uh, apparently he was an emergency room doctor, so that's where he got his MD. And then he, when he was a young guy, he had all these 
weird light, you know, UFO experiences, and he became a UFO researcher, so he started this center for UFOs, you know, some kind of center for UFO studies, you know, one of those organizations. But okay. anyway. All right. So, you guys Stephen Greer. So to answer your question, has anybody else, uh, you know, found this technology that Tesla supposedly discovered? Yes. You guys Stephen Greer was actually alien. Uh, who brought the tech? You know, when they, the ship crashed into Roswell, all that mess. Yeah, the U.S. government obtained this technology, according to the UFO community. This is how they obtained, uh, you know, said technology. Ah. You know, with all these anti gravity and all this stuff. You know, the U.S. If you've ever heard people talking about like X Files stuff, I guess is like the best way to. So now I do remember I read a book a a long time ago about the Roswell incident. Uh, that might have been the name of it, actually. Um, and I had questions about that, too. And now I'm seeing stuff where they just, I mean, like, we're so wrapped up in orange man bad news coverage that the government, like a couple of months ago, they came out and said, yeah, there's a whole bunch of UFOs. And nobody cared. We were so focused on Donald Trump that no one cared that the government was like, yeah, UFOs, they're they're out there. Yeah, I've got some, I've got some theories about that one. Uh, but, I mean... We could get go down a rabbit hole on that. But anyway, let's get back on Stephen Greer here. So the documentary, I've watched most of that. Un, what was it? Un, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, he said unacknowledged, he said it was. Unacknowledged, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, basically, if you followed, what, I'm 39, but when I was a kid, I used to read up on all these, you know, UFO books, Roswell books. But if you follow the, there's only like five or four or five, like, storyline, quote-unquote storylines of, like, what is going on with these, um, you know, the government involvement and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you really like pull on the thread, you'll find that the government is the one that's been telling people all these stories. Basically, they're feeding these people what they want to hear to cover up what they're really doing. So this is right. So this is another element of conspiracy theories, which is yeah. um, that how do you well, know that the person telling you that the theory isn't yeah. or that the theory exists? How do like, how do I know if you come to me and you're like, hey, here's my conspiracy theory and you get me to believe yeah. it? How do I know that you're not actually the person oh, no, 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 advancing the conspiracy theory? These, okay, so what was going on was these, there was these UFO groups in like the 70s and 80s, and they would go out to these military bases and yeah. look, for, you know, look for UFOs, and they would see some crazy stuff. Right? Sure. Like, especially out of, uh, in Nevada and stuff, they would see some wild stuff, probably drones, F-117. The kids so, from Stranger Things, yeah. And so they're writing, like, oh, my God, we got this picture of these UFOs. So the government was sending their, uh, or, like, the base security, basically, the, um, like, Navy intelligence, uh, like, counterintelligence. They were sending their guys just, like, openly. They're like, we are the government. Tell us what you've seen, and we'll tell you what, you know, you give us what you know, we'll tell you what you want to hear, basically. Hmm. So they basically, like, just. So uh, are you aware, Spencer? Are you aware of any role? Are you aware of any role that the sun may be playing in the aliens? <laughs> no. Okay. Right. I don't know, but basically, they, the government has uh, poisoned the well. There's also a documentary about this, which I recommend people watch after they watch Unacknowledged and all this stuff. It's called Mirage Men. Mirage Men. Guys, yeah, Mirage Men. It's really good. It's basically one of the guys that was a counterintelligence officer. He's pretty well known in the UFO community. Uh, his name's Richard Doty. How do I know? I, hang on a second. I get Spencer 1, Spencer A calls and says, go watch this unacknowledged. 
And then Spencer B calls and says, oh, no, that's all part of the theory. How do I know you're not the same Spencer? How do I know you guys don't work in the same division? Maybe you're all like like 007s and stuff. You just all adopt the name Spencer, and you're just trying to to distract us all from the impending solar flare. Yeah, that's the part of it. So, like, I mean, this has been going on since, like, the 70s and 80s. And also, uh, I've also read that the um, Russians... KGB, Soviet, whatever you want to call them, they were infiltrating these UFO groups and posing as UFO enthusiasts because they knew what these guys were going out and seeing. Mm. Well, they do have the foreign accents. And the Russians, of course, wanted, you know, we had, like, the open skies treaty and all that stuff by then, but, like, you know, they were doing all these tests at night, and you can't fly, you know, you can't see satellite stuff. Mm. Or you can't see stuff at night with satellite pictures, things like that. Yeah. All right. They were, the government really was scared that, Rush, you know, this is how I've been led to believe. You know, this makes sense to me. I got you. Spencer, I do appreciate the call, man. Thank you. That's interesting uh, food for thought. It's always, it always comes back to the Russians. Russia, Russia, Russia. West of the Rockies. <laughs> All right, so how many... How many people just had like that, like that alarm clock moment where you get a little groggy, like, what, what, what? like you're fully awake, but then you hear this audio cue and it's like your brain feels like it's just waking up because it's four in the morning and it's George Norrie coast to coast. All right. So I, I have a correction to make. I am so sorry. Spencer A or Spencer, the, what did he call himself? The space nerd? Astro nerd. The first Spencer to call in was not the one who talked about the conspiracy theory and the documentary about the free energy being suppressed. That was JJ. I apologize. I don't know why. I Well, I know. You wrote, didn't Spencer 2 say that he wanted to laugh at, at the other Spencer? Huh? Oh, he wanted to laugh at JJ. Okay, so that's totally my bad. I apologize. I'm sorry. I did not mean to, because Spencer, the first Spencer, called in and said that was not him that advanced the conspiracy theory. He did not appreciate me saying it was him, and Spencer did not want to, quote, come away with a bad reputation. <laughs> Hashtag not all Spencers. Right? No, I not any of them. No, there were no Spencers on board with, although I did notice um, in the discussion, and uh, uh Mike, the programming director, also noticed this, that when I suggested that, is it possible that this is sort of like a 007 kind of thing, like everybody that works for the government that is out there to try to muddy the water and plant the information on the UFO stuff, like that they're all government agents and they all just have the name Spencer? Was that possible? And and Spencer B., the second Spencer who called in to laugh at JJ, Spencer B. didn't even address that point. He just went right past it. What do you think it means? That's what, that's, that's sort of the, uh, that's the argument by juxtaposition. Gwen Eiffel called it this, uh, the, uh, about the 9-11 uh, conspiracy theories, uh, and, and specifically directed at Michael Moore, which is never coming out and making the assertion. They simply line up questions, and they just think if they ask enough of these questions, back to back to back to back, and then they do this, what do you think it means? That that's proving the case. That doesn't prove the case. By the way, that's why, I, uh, that's why I'll say, I'm just asking questions. I think I said it earlier in the program. 
that's what that is a joke about. When I say, I'm just asking questions. No, you're not. Right? You're saying something, but you're framing it in the form of a question so you don't take all of the blowback when people are like, wow, that's stupid. <laughs> right? So I apologize to Spencer A., the, the astro nerd. Uh, he called himself that, not me. He said that. Uh, so I apologize. I did not mean to confuse him with JJ. Uh, I do have a message here from Tim at uh, Old Grouch's Military Surplus. He said, uh, the free energy guys, like JJ, not Spencer, JJ, uh, the free energy guys are a perfect example of the conspiracy theory mentality. Even though it's against the laws of physics and nobody has been able to do it, they remain convinced. Anytime it fails, it's proof there's a conspiracy to keep it down. Right. This is You find this in a lot of conspiracy theory communities where a lack of evidence equals evidence of suppression. Right? The fact that there isn't a piece of evidence to prove the thing, they cite that as proof that the thing is true and that people are keeping it away from us. And there is always the they. The they. I am not denying conspiracies exist. I am not trying to disabuse people of whatever preferred conspiracy theory they have. We all have a couple that we kind of are adjacent to, if not, you know, Kool-Aid drinking believers of. Um, the problem with conspiracy theories is that once you go down the path, it becomes way easier to believe every conspiracy theory. You become less discerning and everything becomes, this. That, that, that's part of the problem. The other thing, which is I always try to guard against this, which is with conspiracy theories, there is a, a great desire, and it's human instinct, I get it, there's a great desire to try to attribute a plan, some sort of organization, to, a, to, to something else that you don't want to believe is so easy or is so unexplainable. Right? It is a, it's, a, it's a self-defense mechanism, essentially. It is easier to believe that there was a grand conspiracy behind 9-11, for example, than to believe that 19 people with box cutters could do that. People want to believe that. Because otherwise, it is pretty horrific, pretty terrifying to believe that so few people can do such damage. Right? So I get it. I do understand that. But I also, I also you know, try to steer clear of that stuff because, again, it's, a lot of it's just lunacy. I know it, Monica. I know. Got a, got a tweet. This is turning into a Spires and Krantz skit. <laughs> it's not, it is not my fault. It's not my fault. I just said energy. I was just talking about energy. And then JJ called. Well, Spencer called first with another piece of evidence that the sun is trying to kill us. Then JJ called. Uh, to uh, to promote the the free energy thing, which Monica also points out that uh, at one point, you know, when I, when I was asking JJ about this free energy and how do we harness it and why hasn't anybody else been able to figure it out, and and he said, well, you know, it'll cost a lot of money. And Monica points out, well, that that actually doesn't sound free then. <laughs> Quite true. <laughs> Quite true. Wait a minute. Is this? This is a, is this a we have a we have a third Spencer? 
a third spent. I am, I am Spencer C. Wait a minute. We have an embarrassment of riches here with Spencer's. This is the third Spencer. You're not and Spencer. I'm also a UFO aficionado. What does that mean? Well, I watch the History Channel, those specials about, you know, the UFOs and stuff. So I'm, I'm well-versed. I've, I've watched about every one of them three times. So uh, I think that makes me an expert. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds logical. Okay. What do you got? Well, it, this is a true story, Pete, and everything. Over in over off Freedom Drive in a neighborhood, Westchester, at 4822 Tanglebriar, when I was about six years old, we had a cookout. Mm-hmm. And our guest was one of them was uh, an Air National Guard. I'm not going to mention his name because his daughter works for Mecklenburg County Health Services. But uh, there was a disc orbiting thing, uh, a disc, unidentified flying object, over, flew over our crab apple tree. Mm-hmm. And, and we were all in the backyard. And since then, I'm a true believer that there is life beyond our planet. Wait a minute. Hang on a second. Spencer, you promoted yourself as an expert because you watched that show on the History Channel. But now you're saying that you had a visual sighting of a UFO. Don't you think that would make you more of an expert, like an actual experience with an alien than just watching a TV show? Well, I mean, you know, we it, we didn't encounter them. It wasn't like, uh, you know, E.T., where we touched fingers or anything like that. It was over... Uh, Are you sure? Hamburgers and hot dogs. But anyway, uh, and, and, you know, and the Air National Guard, I mean, it, it could be validated, but he's passed. Oh, <laughs> convenient, Spencer. How convenient. Well... Moving on to another topic, though, my theory on global warming, Pete, is radiant heat. India and China have been booming and, and, you know, building all these buildings and stuff like that. Yes, the Earth might be getting warmer, but it's it's by radiant heat. Mm -hmm. And if we could have somebody like Napoleon Dynamite, who that one guy said if he uh, create a molecular paint that would be able to bend and twist objects... We might get to the bottom of this. Mm, interesting. But here's but here's the thing: the radiant heat that's being created, um, the sun is putting way more heat onto the planet, and then the planet like like then breathes that heat out, which is radiant heat after the fact. But I think the sun, being much bigger than China, well, a little bit bigger than China um, and India that I think the sun might be more of a culprit in the radiant heat theory. Well, that's true. I'm just saying we have more concrete and brick to sustain that heat for a longer period of time. Oh, wait a minute. You just, Spencer, you you just stumbled on the solution. We need to build more concrete to trap the heat and then just contain it. We need so we so we need more we need like more black buildings we need more asphalt we need we need to just pave over the whole planet so we can just trap the heat and then like I don't know maybe do like uh, like they did with Chernobyl you know you just you just pour more concrete on top well, of the heat. Well, maybe we could get Governor Newsom out there. I mean, he comes up with some real 
really great ideas about uh, this energy stuff. That, yeah. You know, I mean, stuff bounces right off him, you know, just like atoms. I mean, it's just... Well, hey, remember, he's just a a ball of fire. Yeah, yeah. Remember, uh, he's like the sun. Um, Remember, uh, there are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity here. We welcome all uh, all good faith efforts to solve this crisis. Spencer, I appreciate the call. I I just want to say one thing. You are a gentleman and a scholar and a a credit to your community. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Thurman would say. Strom Thoyman, as uh, as you are as well. Spencer, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> your credit to your community. Um, <laughs> this is three Spencers? Should we do like a regular segment? Like only Spencers. Isn't that a website? Only Spencers? Okay, hang on a second. Bob, welcome to the program. I'm breaking my Spencer rule here by allowing somebody not named Spencer on. But, uh, Bob, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much. I'm a <laughs> former research engineer at the Climate Center Laboratory. I have one question for the plus global warming people, the cult. Where are you going to get all the extra water to flood the cities? Hmm. Uh, that's a good question. Where are you going to get that water? The I think the... Most people have no clue about global warming. They do not know there are two sources of heat at this Earth's surface. One comes from the center of the Earth itself, because it's hotter at the center than it is on the surface, and the other is the sun. The other, the most prominent greenhouse gas is water. It's yep. cloud cover. And that's all I've got to say to you. I'll hang on. No, I appreciate it, Bob. And, uh, the, and there's a lot of water in the ocean, too. There's, like, a lot of water. Have you ever seen an ocean? Pretty big. Pretty big. And uh, water vapor. As far as, like, the gases, too, like that, that, that's true. Like, the it's the it's biggest greenhouse gas. Um, then also, what was the second? It's like nitrogen or something, which is uh, all of the uh, the decaying plant life in and, and, and aquatic life in the oceans. When they die and that stuff, like, releases, like, the ocean gives off a lot. I'm thinking we might need to, I think we need to get rid of the oceans. This will also save all the home fronts, right, on the coastlines that everyone's so afraid that they're going to fall into the sea. Get rid of the sea and problem solved. Also, no more hurricanes. It would make cruises more difficult, though. We'll have to, we'll have to engineer for that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, I may not have all of the... I just listened to the promo there for Brett Winterbull's show. He has Jim and Terry, and then he mentions uh, Yankee Joe or something. And Okay, I got three Spencers and a JJ and, hand to God, in the break, a fourth Spencer called. So four Spencers. I have the highest Spencer share of any show on WBT. Four Spencers. That was like, that's like 80% of my audience. Spencer. It's pretty amazing. Also amazing, you, if you want to participate in the third annual Little Heroes Blood Drives, I will call you amazing too. I mean, chances are you're pretty amazing anyway, but if you're trying to prove to me how amazing you are, you'll go to WBT.com, reserve your appointment time now, 
for one of the blood drives that WBT is hosting with the One Blood Big Red Bus at the Jack Daniels Doghouse on the corner of Mint and Moorhead. Because September is Pediatric Cancer Awareness Month, and this is the third annual Little Heroes Blood Drives. Go to WBT.com, make your appointment time now. Thanks again to Affordable Siding and Windows and Jameson Realty uh, for their amazing support. Uh, A couple of emails here. Uh, This is from Jay, who says, Pete, two Navy EA-6Bs, electronic warfare planes, could shut down the whole power grid on the East Coast. Just food for thought. Um, and also points out that, uh, says that with the air conditioning, you turn it down. Down means colder. Down means colder. Because when you turn the heat up, then it means it's getting warmer. But people say, hey, can you turn the AC up? It means you're going to turn it more powerful. But I could also, I mean, maybe it means turn it up and like turn. So just turn the temperature up, turn the thermostat up. Okay. Um, what else here? Oh, because here, I don't want to be, I don't want to end it on a, on a downer about the impending energy crisis freezing us all to death during global warming this winter. Uh, I will point out, though, that uh, Bloomberg did a report that every week people who trade electricity in the UK, they get to quiz the managers of the national grid for an hour. The conference call that anybody can monitor offers an insight into what men and women on the front line of the power market are worried about. And listening to them is getting scarier by the week and suggests keeping the lights on this winter is going to be a lot more challenging than European governments are admitting. The industry's teleconference suggests the problem is broader than just rising costs. Increasingly, the words emergency and shortages are being used, although they're probably pronouncing it differently because they're in the UK. With uh, with participants focusing on when rather than if a crisis will hit. It's almost as if the British government's climate change-driven focus on renewables over the last few years has turned out to be a reckless gamble with the country's energy security. Oh, I'm sorry. That wasn't the uplifting part. Hang on. Uh, that was, yeah, that was still kind of catastrophe. Um, U.S. nuclear regulator green lights its first small modular reactor. It's not me. I'm a reactor, true, but I'm not a nuclear one or modular. The first generation four, I or for, or the first generation IV, I think it's generation four. I think it's a Roman numeral, like the COVID variants now. Anyway, okay. The generation four nuclear reactor design has been approved for certification by the U.S. Nuclear Regulatory Commission. New scale, spelled N-U for nuclear. Or as Homer Simpson would call it, nuclear, and George W. Bush. New scale, small modular reactor design promises safe, clean energy at radically reduced cost, land use, and installation time. A win-win-win. The NRC released news last week that its staff have been directed to make a final rule certifying the new scale reactor design for use in America. This is just the seventh design approved by the NRC since it was established in 1974. My goodness, seven designs in almost 50 years. Or, yeah, 50 years or 40 years. Anyway, I was told there'd be no math. Uh, It's the first of a coming generation of next-gen technologies designed to make nuclear power cheaper, easier, 
and safer to implement than ever before. This is from a website called newatlas.com, a piece by Laws Blaine. The keys to this small modular reactor's advantages lie in its small size and modularity. Rather than having to build each reactor on site, custom designed for the location, New Scale can mass manufacture its light water reactor modules in a factory and then ship them worldwide for a relatively quick and painless installation at power plants. This is a game changer. This is a game changer. You could have these little reactors all over the place and not have to worry about the the massive land acquisition. The plant's passive safety measures and tiny ground footprint compared with current generation nuclear power make it possible, according to the company at least, to put the plants much closer to where the energy is used, cutting down on transmission costs and losses. Now, much like my understanding of Tesla's electricity and all of that stuff came from the video game Assassin's Creed, uh, my understanding of these types of uh, small modular nuclear reactors, uh, my knowledge of this comes from the Fallout series by Bethesda. Uh, So I know this is totally doable. Otherwise, the video game would not have put it in there, right? Okay, so the first new scale power plant is set to begin generating power in 2029. Uh, which would be about, uh, I guess, seven years uh, after everybody in California has either frozen to death or uh, cooked to death in the heat wave. Six of its modules are set to come online in 2030. Located at the Idaho National Lab, the carbon-free power project will generate 462 megawatts, much of which is already contracted to be sold for power distribution companies over a 40-year period. It's pretty amazing technology. I hope it gets going, and I hope you stick around. Brett Winterbell's coming up next. I will hang out with you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone.